All right, guys, here we go. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're in the book of 1 Corinthians. We have been here for some time. Uh, tonight, what I want to do is I want to get us into the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And as we're in the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, as we begin this chapter, uh, what we do is we want to remind ourselves uh, where we're coming out of. And Joshua would have left us last week with understanding what is love, all right? And if you remember, he would have brought it all back together and he would have brought in that verses 4, 5, and 6. And he would have told us, hey, you know what? Here's what the world standard, or this is what the world says is love. Hey, here's what you're saying, but hey, wait, 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 wait. Here's what God says is love. And so what we want to do as, um, as, as believers is we want to have a biblical worldview and that is by taking God's word and looking to the world instead of uh, looking from the world back to God's word and changing God's word to match whatever it is that makes us feel happy and good and so tonight we're going to pick up with that chapter 13 and we're going to read I'm going to read all the way to verse 25 and when we get done in verse 25, I'm going to come back and I'm just going to show you the conversation that's happened here between uh, that of Paul and that of the church of Corinth. All right. Real quick, I'll let you know, this is a much debated passage uh, and the passage, it's much debated because of that of um, that of the speaking of tongues, the gift of tongues. Um, there's churches that believe and have a teaching that uh, there's a um, there's a baptism of the tongues. There's a, um, it's, it's, it's exhibited through that of, you know, a baptism in the spirit because, you know, you're, you're of a higher calling or a higher rank. And I will tell you tonight what Paul is going to do is Paul is going to say, whoa, let's do it this way. Let's do it God's way. All right. And so let's look at that tonight. Here we go. Chapter 14, verse one, follow after charity or follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, and for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church." I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, um, that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? Verse 7. And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, or except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if a trumpet give an, un an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise, you or ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signific um, signification. Oh, yeah, whatever, you got it with you too. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a, a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian, a barbarian unto me. 
Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel in the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let them that speaketh in the unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say, Amen? At, the give, at thy given of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding than by my voice I might teach others also, than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children or infants in understanding, howbeit a malice be ye, but be ye infants, but in understanding be men or mature. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, will I speak unto this people, and yet for all of that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that unbelieve, them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe, that believe not, but for them which believe. If therefore the whole church become... Uh, become together into one place, all speak with tongues, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that, that, that ye are mad? But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of the heart made known or manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God. And the report that God is in you of a truth. Now hold on. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, we thank you for this, the reading of your word. Lord, the truth of your word. And God, I, I, I pray tonight that as we leave from here, that Lord, we leave with a better knowledge. Lord, an understanding of that of what your word says. Lord, may it not be in my opinion, but Lord, may it be just from that of your word. And then, Lord, may we leave from here a people that wants to share, a people that wants to talk about that of that hope that is in, in us. Lord, that we will not be tight-lipped. Uh, Lord, that we will be a people that as we leave, that, Lord, will be encouraged just as we have worshipped you, that, Lord, we have heard about you. Lord, we're going to pray for the lost as we get done, that, Lord, we'll want to tell others about you. Lord, move within our lives, and, Lord, we'll praise your name. And all these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. So we go back, and what I want to do is I want to read and I want to show you a few things. First of all, man, as you read this passage of Scripture, without knowing, it's kind of like uh, with Joshua last week, with understanding the word love, or with understanding that of the Greek languages, then what happens is, is you can get yourself caught up in this word tongues, or this word tongue, and you can almost bring some confusion into those two words. And so really my goal tonight is I want to read through this by that of paragraphs. And I want to show you what Paul is trying to say when it comes to that of the, the tongue. All right, Because you've got to realize something. There is purpose within that of God's Word. Paul doesn't just write haphazardly. There is, there is order in this. Because at the time in which this was being written to the church of Corinth, there was great chaos. 
Now, we've seen that from chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 12, man, chapter 13, as we looked at last week of the chaos that was taking place. And what Paul is trying to do here, because what Corinth had done is what a lot of our churches have done today is they went out into the world and they've embraced teachings of the world and they've taught and they brought those teachings into the church, okay? And they've tried to mingle those teachings or they've tried to mingle those um, different, um, different ways of doing things and they tried to intertwine that with that of the church. And what was happening here in this time period, and it's happening today as well, is that they were believing that in this unknown tongue, and that word unknown is not really there in the Greek, they put it there in the King James, just so you and I can bring some uh, clarification to it. But what was happening was, is they were bringing in this, this jibber-jabbers, this, this uh, almost to the point of it was um, as buzzy, but like, like, like a zipper-zipping, um, almost to the point of it being an unknown language. And I don't know if you've ever seen it. I was going to show it to you, but I didn't want to give them the glory for it. But there's a guy by the name of Rod Parsley. He's got a video on YouTube where he actually has a congregation that he's teaching how to speak in tongues. And what he tells him, he says, look, just let it go. Just let your mind go and just and just let yourself begin to speak. And what he does is he said, and when I hold my hand up, you speak in tongues. And when I put my hand down, you stop speaking. Now, wait a minute. He just now become the spirit of God, even if that is true, because now he is commanding when they speak and he's commanding them when they're not to speak. And y'all, that place erupted. And I'm talking Men chirping, uh, monkey sounds, uh, all kinds of jibber jabbers. And what happens is, is in that moment, um, it goes completely against the teachings of God's word. But hold on a minute. You ready? But what it does do is it brings excitement. It brings some kind of feeling, this, this emotional. And, what hap- and then what you and I don't realize is now we're being driven by our emotions than we are being driven by what we know. And you, you'll see this multiple times in there, our understanding. And what we've got to be careful with is we're not being motivated. That's why we go to Snowbird. If we go to any camp, that's the camp we go to because as we go there, they're not, they're not manipulating your emotions. They're not there to try to get an altar call. They're not trying to get you to um, you know, make some profession of faith. No, no, no. They preach the Word. And then they just allow the Word to do what the Word should do. And that is bring change within your life. And that's how it ought to be. That's not how the world wants it. The world wants excitement. They want something new. They want something, and me and Joshua has talked about that before, something fresh, all right? Uh, even to the point today that you have a Priscilla Shryer or you have a, a now Sarah Young, she's dead, um, to where they would say that we should want a fresh revelation from the Lord. We, we want a new revelation. So God's word is not enough. We need more than that of what God has to say. And y'all, that's dangerous. That is, that is not true. That is heretical. And so what happens tonight is, is if you'll look, I, I, I want to show you just, just the first five verses. Watch what happens. Follow after love or follow after charity because that is the greatest of all. We learned that last week. And he says, desire spiritual. Now the word gifts is not in there, but they added the word gifts so that we would understand what it is that we should be desiring. We should desire, yes, those spiritual gifts, those gifts that are of the Spirit, but rather that you may prophesy. Because listen, and the word prophecy there, 
doesn't mean that I'm foretelling the future. That's, that's something of new uh, description of well for this word. Really, the word prophesying, as we read through this passage of Scripture, the word prophecy there is someone that is speaking the word, all right? That, that, that is teaching the word. Because as you see later on in a minute, it's the word that as you and I, we prophesy or as we speak the word of God, as we teach the word of God, that is what brings edification to that of the church. That is what brings unity to the church. That is what brings the church together as one. And that is of the word. All right. So watch what he says here. You ready? He says in verse two, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue. Now you ready? Hold on a minute. I want to show you something. I went through and I underlined every time I saw the word tongue. Because at this moment in verse 2, the Holy Spirit, speaking through that of Paul, was very specific in letting you and I know that this is a singular sense. All right. If you look here, it says, for he that speaketh in a tongue. All right. But now hold on a minute. Hold your spot there. Walk yourself over to verse 5. And you'll see there he says, I would that you all speak with tongues. That's a plural sense. Every time you see in this chapter, chapter 14, when you see that, except for two instances, and I'll show you that, when you see the word tongue in the singular sense, it's speaking of that of the babbling. It's speaking of that of that, of that, of that, of that tongue of the pagans. It's speaking of that unknown tongue, all right? A, a language that no one's understanding. Has anyone ever heard someone speak that way? I, I have, all right? Um, and, and, and it's very confusing to me. Uh, to, to, to the point that at that time uh, I was very young in my in my in my ministry that that I really didn't have a good understanding of the rest of this chapter and I'm, Joshua will pick that up next week. But what happens here is is he's saying, "Listen, hey, you ready? This unknown tongue speaketh not unto men; it, it 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 has no edification for that of man." Remember the gifts that God gives to you and me. It ought to be to do what? To ought to be to lift up someone else. It ought to be that of, uh, of, 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 of edifying or lifting up man, not to edify or lift myself up. I don't have the gift of teaching to make myself known. Like, like, like there's a lot of people that, that, that want to call and they want to put their name in their ministries. And it's kind of weird to me because really it's God's ministry. Why would you want to make it your ministry? But anyhow, that will, I'll digress. And so what happens there is, is when we see this, what we need to realize is, is that, hey, you ready? This unknown tongue, singular, it has no value. There's no value there. And even to the point that he says, listen, you ready? You speaketh not unto men, but unto God. I, as I was studying, there would be even some commentators that would say here that while it says, but unto God, and it's got capital G-O-D there, that really, that there's some manuscripts that would say that it's, but you're speaking unto a God. Because why? Because remember, as they were saved out of those pagan worships, those priests and priestesses where they were doing all kinds of ungodly, unholy things in these temples, they were bringing that stuff into the church and they were trying to integrate that with that of their church functions. And what he's saying is he's saying, listen, you ready? But not unto man, but unto God's or unto God. For no man understandeth him. Nobody understands him. <laughs> <clears throat> Howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Now notice verse 3, but, I underline the word but, but's important because you got a transition. But he that prophesieth, he that, you ready? Speaks the word, he that, um, 
that, that, that brings forth the word of God. Remember, they come to faith by hearing the word. All right. And so he says, so he that prophesies speaketh unto me into edification, exhortation, and comfort. And he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, singular, edifieth who? Himself. It's for his glory. I know a lot of people that they would say that as, as you go over to Acts chapter 2, you can write that in your side note. Acts chapter 2, that's where they say, um, see right there, that's where the gift of, the, the gift of tongue is given. And the problem is, is they take Acts chapter 2 completely out of context because nowhere in Acts chapter 2 do you see that it's an unknown tongue. Everywhere in Acts chapter 2, it speaks of the tongue. It speaks of that of a known language. Because remember, as, they, as the disciples came out, they began to speak on the day of Pentecost. And it says that every man heard what these men were saying in their own languages. Now, now are you ready? Let me go ahead and give it to you as, as country as I can give it to you. I imagine it kind of like this. If you ever watch the UN as they have a UN meeting, and as you see that, you would have maybe our president or you'd have some kind of elected official up there speaking. And as they're speaking, everybody in that room has got an earpiece in. And what's happening is, is in that earpiece, it's relaying to them what that man's saying in the English. And, 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 and it's giving it to him in his own language. And what happens here is, is Paul is saying, he's saying, listen, what we need to understand is, is that it does nothing but edify himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I underline the word edify because you'll hear this word edify. It's, it's the building up of the church. We, we, we need to build each other up. Remember Philippians chapter 2, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. It's all about the oneness. It's all about, no, 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 Gavin. I, no, no, you go first. No, no, Pastor Scott, you go first. It's all about, are you ready? It's all about not self. It's all about others. It's all about the building up. It's all about, not me, but you. Because then Jesus shows you what it was all about in, chapter, in verse 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 there in Philippians 2. Or Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the oneness, how where it's one spirit, one Lord, one baptism. Well, that's only possible by you and I edifying, building up the church. Verse 5, I would that you all spake with tongues, plural, a known language. There is facts here in the fact that you're ready, that yes, the Spirit of God did move amongst them because Acts chapter 2. And the fact would be this. Let's use Carson, for example. Carson would be one of the disciples. The Spirit of God would have moved amongst the disciples on that time. And what, what would have happened is, is God would have given the gift to be able to speak in a known language. Today, do we need that? No, we don't need that. Although I do find it pretty amazing. The other day I ordered more coffee for the River Hut and I work with Juan Riesco. That's where we get our coffee from because he's a believer and we're trying to help one another. And in that he sends me back in Spanish. I don't know what he said. All I know is I handed it over to Molly and I said, Molly, what is he talking about? And Molly goes, how many bags you want, Dad? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so... You ready? So she's got a, another language, but it's a known language. It's Spanish. All right. And you and I, man, God, God has given that gift. But listen, ultimately, at this point, what would happen is, is these these disciples would go into these these unreached areas or taking the gospel on their missionary journey. And as they would go into these different areas, such as Acts chapter 
17, I believe, then what you would do is you would find as they go in, they would share the gospel and it would be heard in their language. Okay? And so he says here, what, 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 what's, what, what's what he says? Verse 5, I would rather that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesied, for greater is he that prophesied. See there, the, the gift of tongues is a secondary thing, y'all. Really the greatest thing for you and I to be doing, and that's what he's telling the church of Corinth, is that really you and I, we ought to be uh, prophesying. We ought to be sharing, building each other up, according to like Hebrews chapter 10, to where you and I, as we gather together as a body of believers, we're gathering together for the, for the edification of one another, for the encouragement of, of one another. He that speaketh with tongues, that's plural, again, a known language, except he interpret that the church may receive, watch the word, edifying, because again, it's all about the edification of the church, not the man. Now, here we go. Verse 6 starts another thought. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, now you ready? That's, that's plural. What shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine. A known language, and he's speaking that of those different things. Am I giving you revelation? Am I sharing knowledge? Am I sh so therefore you would know what he was saying. He says in verse 7, And even things without life given sound, whether pipe or harp, or except they give a distinction in sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? Okay, you ready? I am not an instrumentalist. That's a great word. I did it. It's a big word. I'm not an instrumentalist, but I will tell you this. I have bought things in the past. One would be a harmonica. All right. Um, I bought one at the Crackle Barrel one time because I thought, all right, listen, I have bad fingers. Like, like these fingers, man, they ain't guitar fingers. Like that broken pinky. Mia says I need to go get that fixed. But anyway, so, I, so you ready? So I can't do that. And the piano, man, them things, no way, Jewel, that's no good. But I thought a harmonica. You ready? I could pick that baby up and I could just, woo, you know, be like old Don Knotts on May. Yeah, anyway. anyway. So, uh, so for me, but you ready? Here's the sad part was I bought that harmonica. I tried to play it. It never sounded like anything worth anything. But I assure you this it never made a sound by just laying on my desk. But the sounds that it did make was not good at all. Watch what he says here. He says, For if the trumpet giveth uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to battle? Because the trumpet would have been used to call people to battle. But if the trumpet don't give a proper sound, then people don't know to go to battle. So likewise, so see he ties that together, Except you utter by the tongue. Now right there, that is the one place it is singular. But at this moment, it is speaking of the very tongue that is in now. It's speaking of the physical tongue. It's that tongue. Right there, okay? Yeah, right there. Oh, you ain't touching your tongue. Okay, you didn't. Okay, sorry. So I thought y'all was going to go with me. And it's talking about the physical tongue here in saying this right here. Ready? You utter by the tongue words easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, listen to this, it may be so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without significant. Yeah, God, that's a hard word for me. Signification. Oh, that don't sound right either. Anyway, they all have significance. And what happens is, is he's saying, listen, that tongue, 
As you and I speak, there is all known languages. And what happens is, is they all are significant for something. Just like, you ready? The trumpet is significant for something. Just like the harp is significant for something. And so therefore, the tongue is. And he says this, you ready? Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, how shall it be unto him that speaketh a barbarian? And he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Look, if I don't understand it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like how people believe way back when Adam and Eve were created. They were like, oh, 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 we, we, we know, no, no, no. You know, like a barbarian. It's sad. I don't know if y'all know this, but th- think about this. I was taught in public school that they would have been like knuckle dragon cavemen, you know. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what's the sad part is? Is that's completely false, all right? Adam and Eve would have been very smart individuals, all right? Uh, very smart individuals. Because think, think about this. They would have created uh, instruments uh, that of playing music, and they would have created like shovels and things of that instruments are working with. They would have done that before the flood. So they're, they're very, they, they were very, very intelligent. Uh, we should not have that kind of thought. But anyhow, that's a barbarian. And, and in their speaking of the barbarian, he's saying in verse 12, even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, look, I know you want it. Seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. As you're doing this, look, quit trying to make a name for yourself. Quit trying to be something. What you need to do is you really need to be concerned of the gifts that I can do what? That I can edify the church. That I can, I can help bring some encouragement. That I can help bring some, some unity. That I can help bring and come alongside. That's really what we ought to be about. Not about making a name for myself. He says this. Verse 13, new thought. So you see, he ended verse 12 with edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in the unknown tongue, singular, pray that he may interpret. Here we go. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my sp- I, almost, almost I think that Paul was being a little um, facetious. All right? he, he was being almost like, uh, uh, oh, it's like this. When he goes into, uh, into Athens, and as he goes into Athens in Acts chapter 17, and he's looking at all these gods, and then he sees one God that was, that was labeled to the unknown God, and, and he tells them, look, you, I perceive y'all to be very smart individuals. Y'all even have a statue for an unknown God. And he was being, he was being sarcastic. I mean, it was to the point that he's going, do y'all not see how, how, how ridiculous this is? That's what he's doing right here. Watch what he does. He says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding, I underline that, is unfruitful. I, you, you should want to understand. When I, now, there's people that say they have a closet prayer life. They have a closet language. All right, and now, hey, you ready? I, wonderful, all right? But for me, as I understand what the Scripture is saying here, I should want to know what I'm saying. And as you read the Scriptures, you'll never find anywhere in the Scriptures... If, if anyone should have that kind of prayer life, it ought to be Jesus. And when you go read any of the prayers that Jesus prayed, you'll never find him speaking in tongues. You always find him speaking in a known language. John wrote down exactly what Jesus prayed. Luke wrote down exactly what he prayed. You, you, you've, got, you've got instances time and time again where if this was the case, it would have been recorded if that was what should have been done. And at this moment, what Paul is saying is he's saying, listen, when you pray, you should pray with understanding. There's one time Olivia had some issues with some eyesight. And uh, it's when she was in fifth grade. 
middle school girl syndrome or something like that. It was strange, but it's, it's legit. And that is where your, your body's changing and your eyesight gets kind of vague and it's weird, but um, it, it's legit. And so we ran into this, this person uh, at this place. We'll leave it just like that. And this person at this place said, hey, could I pray for her? And at that moment, I'm going, praise God for a learning time, because I knew that this person would speak in tongues. Uh, and I'm going, yes, of course you can. This would be great. And so this person begins to pray. And as this person begins to pray, they begin to jibber-jabber. When they get done, we're walking out to the car, and Olivia's like dead silent. And then she looks at me, and she goes, Dad what was she saying? And I said, baby, I don't know. I ain't got a clue, but I'm assuming she prayed for your eyesight. <laughs> I don't have a clue. But in that, in that time, let, let me ask you a question. Wouldn't it been important for us to have known what she was praying? And what happens is here is you see, it says, notice you ready? Verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with an understanding. I underline that Paul saying, look, what is it then? I, when I pray, I'm going to pray with the Spirit. And I'm going to pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. And I will sing with understanding. I'm going to know what I'm praying. I'm going to know what I'm singing. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall it be that the ones that occupy the room of the unlearned, how can they say amen? If I'm up here and I'm going, whatever they do, and how, how can anyone in the room go, Amen. Because the reason why people say amen, the reason why you hear people in our church go amen, because we're saying that is true. Amen, that's true. Amen, that's true. Well, how can you amen something if you don't know what it is? So you've got people that, that are sitting here. And remember, you're supposed to be building each other up. How's this building each other up? How's it edifying? He says this. Watch, you ready? He says, at the giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth, I underline that, not what thou sayest. There's got to be an understanding. Verse 17, for thou verily givest thanks well, but the other, listen to this, but the other is not edified. I think, and he's talking about the tongue there, y'all. He's talking about the tongue. For thou verily givest thanks well, but the other, it's the tongue is not edified. See, there's the one place, remember, he's saying... To edify, to edify, we're to edify. Here he's saying, this doesn't bring edification. It's not lifting the church up. There's nothing here for the church. And that's a big deal. Now listen, well, let's keep going. Verse 18, another thought. I thank my God, I speak in tongues, plural, more than you all. Now you ready? That means he speaks in a known language, multiple languages. He knows that. The Spirit of God's given him that ability to do that. Why? Because of the spreading of the gospel to make his name known through his missionary journeys. That's what the Spirit of God was doing with Paul. That's what the Spirit of God was doing with Peter. That's what the Spirit of God was doing. Now hold on, watch this. You ready? Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words of my understanding. That means his understanding. That means not just jibber jabberish. Then by my voice that I might teach others. You want to teach people with what you're saying. Then 10,000 words with a singular tongue, an unknown tongue. That, that, that language that was used for pagan worship. Watch what he does here. Brethren, be not children. Or here, here, here's another thought. Be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children. But listen, but in understanding be men. Be mature. 
My Bible would say there that the word men would bring that of the understanding that you and I were to be perfect. Now, hold on a minute. There ain't nobody in this room can be perfect, okay? No, we cannot, but we can be mature. That would be Colossians chapter 1. It talks about how we ought to want to present every man perfect, all right, or mature. We don't want to be rolling in at the gates of heaven and being infants. We don't need to be babes in Christ. That's why we would encourage you up here, me and Joshua, hey, get in the Word. Grow. Don't wait till you're 25. Don't wait till you're 26. Carson, you start growing now so that as you can do what? You can, you can mature in your faith and you can be found perfect. Not perfect, the way y'all use the word, but perfect, lacking in nothing. That, that's what we need to be doing. Notice what he does here. Verse 21, new thought. In the law it is written, in Isaiah chapter 28, Paul goes back to Isaiah, Isaiah 28 verses 11 and 12. And what, what happens here is, is, it is a it is a prophetic passage that God gives to Isaiah in saying that there's going to be a day that people is going to come and speak in, this, in these tongues. Remember, plural, known language. Okay, watch what he does here. In the law it is written, Isaiah... With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, the Jews. All right? The people is the Jews. And yet for all of that will not they hear me, saith the Lord. Day of Pentecost. There's a ton of Jews there. All right? Peter preaches on over in Acts chapter 2. And through all of that, there were still people that walked away from there, Jewish people that walked away from there, even though they saw the miracle of these men speaking in the language in which they did, even though they would take that message to all around that of the Jewish people, they would still, look at me, ready guys? They would still say, nah, nah, no way. And God, God in His mercy, God in His grace, He's showing them, hey, listen, you ready? I'm going to send someone because, you ready? I love you. I want you to hear the gospel. And you're going to hear the gospel in your own language. He says in verse 23, new thought. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe. Look at this, y'all. This is big. I'll do it again. That's plural. So he's not talking about the pagan tongue. He's talking about the known language. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not for them, not... see. Not for them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying, there you go, the speaking of the truth, that of the edification of the church, that of the exhortation, that of the comfort, serveth not for them, for the unbelievers that believe not, but for them which believe. They were making a huge deal about something that they shouldn't have been making a big deal about. And it was destroying the church. Today, listen, if you go to some churches and maybe one day when you leave your house, you might find yourself at one of these. I will tell you there was some, someone came to me just a couple of weeks ago that they found themselves at a place where there was things taking place that was unbiblical. But it was supposed to be a, a place of worship, a place where you should have, it should have been biblical. And what happened was is people were using these gifts and they were using them outside that of the truths of God's Word. If you go to some churches, I, I taught some kids when I was at another Christian school. There's a heavy weight laid upon people that by you not speaking in tongues, therefore you've not been baptized again. There's a second baptism. 
you, you've not arrived. And so what happens is, is there's this burden laid upon you for you to speak in tongues. And so therefore, what do you do? Hey, you could go on YouTube right now and you can actually type into YouTube how to speak in tongues. And there's people on YouTube channels teaching you how to speak in tongues. How can they do that, y'all? Because it's an unknown language, and it's, if it's an unknown language, how can they teach you? But these, these videos have been watched by thousands of people. All for what? For the edification of self. For self. Watch what he says here. He says, verse 23, if therefore the whole church be come together into one place, all speak in tongues, that's plural, and therefore that this one spot, it is plural, and it is not speaking of that of the, the known languages, it's speaking of that of utterances. If everybody in the church is speaking, like I watched Rod Parsley do the other day, and today, just a, everybody jibber-jabbering, all right? And they're coming those <laughs> that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you're mad? If you've ever seen those guys, I'm telling you, if you've ever seen one of those, I'm telling you, you would think that. I told, I told a group today, you ready? I, I told a group today, you ought to go watch, um, it was like a 2020, and there was uh, Aaron, uh, a church that was snake handlers, and this preacher got, got bit by a snake, and, it was, and they, they believe that uh, you, don't, you don't go get fixed, that, that shows lack of faith, and that, that you, you, you're to live through this thing. Well, um, he went and got help. Right? And then the next time he got bit again. Now he got bit again, and this time he didn't go help, and he died. All right? and, and you think about that, and you go, that's madness. But what happens is, is in their closed-mindedness, and that of their teaching, and that of what they've been raised in, they think it's sane. They think it's, it, but it's, it's sad, though, because they're blinded by that of maybe the God of this world, the little G-O-D, according to 2 Corinthians 4.4. He says this, verse 24, but, underline but, but if all prophecy and there come into one that believeth not and one unlearned, he is convinced of all. Why? Because Psalm 19 tells me there's general revelation and there's specific revelation. When they come into the church, if there's an unlearned unbeliever that comes in this church, I promise you the word of God is going to be preached. The gospel is going to be laid plain. And when you leave from here, praise God, there's an opportunity for that person to believe. And that's what we should want. Not for someone to leave and go, wasn't that an exciting service? That was amazing, man. No, no. Wow. Wasn't that a convicting service? Wow, man. The heaviness of the Word of God. How it brings change to my life. He says this. And thus are the secrets of this heart made manifest, made known. What's made known? Well, that of the heart, and it's made known by that of the prophesying or the teaching of the word. And so falling down on his face, he will, I underline the word will, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. And that's where I'm going to stop tonight. Listen, don't move. I want to tell you something real quick because there's a part two. Don't move. The part two is this. Joshua's picking up next week. The part two is this, is Paul says, okay, fine. If you're going to do it, you have to do it this way. There's a biblical way. If, okay, if you're going to speak in tongues, you must do it biblically. And there's an order that God puts in place. And the problem is, is that the vast majority of churches that speak in tongues, they do not do it biblically.
And what was done in a place local to us just recently, that was not done biblically. It was done outside that of the, of the teachings of God's Word. So I want you to know, next week, you don't want to miss it because it'll be part two. Father, we love you and we thank you for our day. We thank you for our time. God, be with us as we go. And Lord, may we want to learn more about your word. God, I pray. Lord, I don't want to be ignorant. Lord, I don't want to be unlearned. God, I want to continue to grow. There's never a day that I arrive or any of these students will arrive until we see you face to face. And so God, may each day of our lives be a day that we want to grow. Lord, I want to grow each day. And Lord, I, I, I want to I hear one day those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, we love you. And all these things we ask in Christ's name.